Hello and welcome back to The Brunch Files, where we serve up bottomless brunch-worthy topics about life in your 30s. We're your hosts, Tegan and Rachel, and on the menu today, we have a very special guest, sports nutritionist and fitness coach, Paige Krieger. Now, Paige has been a nutrition coach since 2017, focusing on this part-time while also working a corporate comms and engagement job. In 2022, she made the jump into her passion full-time, adding qualified PT, including pre- and postnatal, uh, to her list of qualifications. She also made the big move from Australia to London almost two years ago now, uh, with her new career allowing her that flexibility. And we are lucky enough to have her in the room with us on a rare visit to Australia. How lucky are we? Welcome, Paige. Thank you so much for having me. So exciting. Now, um, Tegan and I have actually both been coached by Paige, Mm. but this is actually the first time we've met in person. And I feel like I know you so well because I've been working with you for like two or three years now. I don't need to count, but um, it's so amazing to have you here in the room. I know. It feels like I honestly have known you guys for ages. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I I feel like we're just friends. We're just catching up for a good chat (laughs) and see how you guys are. Like yeah. no time had passed. Oh, we're super excited to have you because I feel like when we were talking about even starting the podcast, we were like, oh, you were like one of the very first guests that had come, oh, like guest so ideas sweet. that had sprung to mind when we were thinking about, yeah, when we would eventually get around to having and, guests. Oh, that's and there so are a sweet. few ideas like we could talk about. Um, I mean, there's the health and nutrition, there's the exercise, there's moving to another country, <laughs> there's all the stuff around, you know, disordered eating, body image, all these things. So we're going to yeah. dive into a lot of that today and we're so excited. But yeah. let's start at the start. Can you just tell us a bit about about yourself and how you even got into uh, health, fitness, nutrition? Yeah, that's that's a big question. Um, so yeah, I grew up uh, in a you know family with a mum and a dad and a brother, and uh, my parents separated at a younger age. And um, from there, I probably just um, in terms of food, nutrition, I sort of didn't really have a very good grasp on, I guess, uh, what my Uh, relationship with food was it was definitely um quite disordered from a young age and that's probably Mm. just stemming from you know diet culture but also um the way in which you know family perceived food and and felt about food at the time and also uh you know my my dad most specifically was very into fitness and I think that I probably tried to um, retaliate against that and now you know thank him so much for how into fitness he was at Mm. the time but um it just I needed my own path in order to get there I played a lot of sports as a kid uh you know played basketball played football so Mm. AFL um but I just I always was doing it I think more of like punishment Mm. um rather than actually enjoying it and it wasn't sort of until after high school after um going through like really big binge eating binge drinking kind of Mm. culture um where I sort of just started to realize that it was really taking a major toll on my mental health Mm. and from there then kind of fell into another way of becoming obsessive because I think that all of my behaviors from a young child was around obsession and control and how can I have control over certain Mm -hmm. aspects of my life Mm And then the next part of control was um, moving into, I guess, like more bodybuilding competitions, physique mm-hmm. competitions, and really like taking control of my food and taking control of my body. Mm. Um, in that process, I found, you know, that I just loved exercising. I loved, um, you know, weight training and how that was able to change my body, but obviously then took it to the next extreme of, um, I guess, you know, trying to change it to a perspective that um, was quote unquote, you know, the best physique. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that allowed me to take major control of my food. And I, and I um, definitely went down like, you know, 
like if it fits your macros, calorie mm. counting approach, um, where I was trying to fit just as many like kind of treat foods into my calories. And then getting all the sugar-free stuff, yeah. all the sugar-free, <laughs> all the protein bars, everything like protein that. Protein jellies. You end up yeah. eating like lots of empty food really, don't you? So much empty food mm. uh, uh, to the point then when like I would go into these like getting close to physique competitions, I'd be having to train twice a day. I'd be eating like 1,200 calories, um, like trigger warning in terms of anybody mm. that um, – um, want you know is uh w- like not wanting to talk about calories uh mm. but I was getting just down to really really low amounts having to do like 20,000 steps a day just to get down to a physique that was like mm. stage worthy um and I just realized I guess you know um once doing a couple of competitions mm. uh I came off the pill and I didn't get my period back mm. and I then went on a journey of trying to um, recover my period um, I did everything from really increasing the amount of food completely re- um, reducing down the amount that I was training and just allowing my body to recover mm. is that and really sorry to interrupt was that really okay. difficult I guess switching mindsets from mm. control everything eat as little as possible in terms of yeah. your overall calories um to okay now I'm eating more my whole mindset has to shift was that crazy difficult it was so difficult and Mm. I think that if I was to go through it again and you know you don't regret anything because like you know life gives you lessons for a reason Mm. um but if I was to do it again I would definitely try and uh, maintain exercise like Mm. even if it was just like 30 minutes of uh you know strength training or something Mm. like that I was like no I need to get my period back and I need need to get it back in the most in the quickest way possible Mm. and I don't really know why I needed to get it back for um the quickest way possible to be honest but it was just like that was my goal Mm. and like I'm such a driven person person um that when I have a goal that is what I'm striving for Mm. and so I'm doing everything in my power to get Mm. to that I'm Mm. thankful that I'm not in that position anymore and I have a lot more flexibility but it was just like anything that I can control Mm. or that I'm driving towards and that's what I'm driving towards Mm. and so yeah it was like it took such a major toll on my mental health and Mm. um but then that allowed me to understand what health was like Mm. what like all of these things that I've been doing so like you know bodybuilding competitions and trying to get my period back and trying to you know lose weight or gain Mm. weight or whatever it is all of these things aren't actually health like health is when I'm eating food Mm. that I like and enjoy but also makes me feel good Um, health is moving my body going on a walk or training or like whatever I feel like on that day and moving my body out of like enjoyment rather than punishment yeah and that is what I took from recovering my period in terms of just allowing myself to you know understand what that takes Mm. uh and being able to then reflect on it in a more balanced approach of like no I don't need to go and do absolutely everything um there's seasons for everything Mm. and now I'm in like such a better place and then able to Mm. obviously pass that on to the people that I work with because Mm -hmm. my experiences I don't want people to have to go through in the same way that I did. What's your perspective I guess on bodybuilding competitions having been down that road? I feel like they're having a really big, I think they've been popular probably in the last sort of eight, Mm. five to eight years. I feel like I know a lot of people who have gone down that road some who have done it and then had really positive experiences, others who have done it and since Reflectors kind of gone, it really yeah. wasn't very good for me. I feel like for me personally, it's, I don't think it's something I could know, like judgment to anyone who does it, but I feel like for me it's such a – it seems so like 
extreme yeah. in what you have to put your body through and yeah. then to do that and then be judged yeah. on your body. Like I think mentally that just must be such a difficult yeah. journey for so many reasons. Oh, my God, um, absolutely. I think uh, it's it's really hard. It's really hard for me to say. So I think that in terms of the approach of people um, judging what my physique looks like, mm-hmm. I had a very – um neutral view on that I guess it was Mm. sort of like I don't I don't I'm it's me versus me Mm. I'm my body from the last time that I stepped on stage or the first you know when I first stepped on stage it's like I'm stepping on stage it's amazing Mm. that I put myself through hell essentially and gotten Mm. there um but it's the other stuff Mm. it's not necessarily the day and I think that a lot of people you know they talk about how um you know they're athletes and to an extent they are Mm. um but it takes a certain mindset or a certain mentality to be able to go into a bodybuilding competition and come out of it without a disordered view on your body Mm. you have to have a certain level of uh disordered to from my own perspective and I know that other people will probably not feel the same way Mm. you have to have a level of disordered eating in order to actually perform well succeed succeed because at one point you're going to have to eat such low calories and you're going to have to train so much that you're going to have to be comfortable with that and actually like your body's going to be screaming at you telling you you're so hungry waking you up at the middle of the night because your ghrelin levels are like in like crazy Mm. and then you just have to keep pushing through yeah and then when you're on the other side of it and you know everybody's going out for these huge meals because they're so hungry eating eating boxes of donuts like like show day post stage you see that on instagram yeah exactly and it's like you know if you had a good relationship with food or like if you weren't starving yourself you wouldn't need to do that Mm. and then after that then you have to control yourself outside of the competition to then get into a Mm. better place that's really hard like reverse dieting you guys already know is really hard even when you're not getting down to ridiculous levels of body fat Mm. once you get down to like a low level body body fat then you have to actively put on weight and that is hard for anyone Mm. but then for somebody that's like you know, everybody is commenting every single day, you look amazing, you look so good. Yeah. Mm. Or, um, you know, you get to a certain level and you're like comfortable with where you're at and then you put weight back on and you're like, oh, but now I'm not really comfortable with where yeah. I'm at. But And your perspective would shift. Your perspective ah. completely changes. Like what, it, what lean is. Exactly. Would be, you know. Exactly. Yeah. And so it just. Seems like a real the, mind. It's a mind <laughs> game. It's, yeah. a, it's a real mind game and I like it's obviously it's gotten me to where I am so I'm grateful for the experience I would never I well I never say never because you never (laughs) say never um but I don't think I would ever want to do it again just because I have such a better relationship with exercise as well Mm. and food um but I I just yeah I think that if you have already a disordered view on food Mm. or your body which let's be honest most people kind of do yeah um it's probably only going to exacerbate those triggers yeah. uh from my perspective yeah yeah i feel like your experiences that you just outlined but you know everything you've been through and how you've managed to get yourself uh to a point where you have found health and you have such a deep understanding of um of you know the science of nutrition but also i think you, you know you refer to soul foods as well and and having that balance with mm you know, living your life and enjoying yourself, 
but also balancing that with healthy decisions and things that make you feel good. But your experiences, I think, are just so invaluable when it comes to your coaching. Yeah. Uh, and speaking completely from personal experience and other friends, um, mm. and other friends that um, have worked with you. And I just feel like there's never been a moment where I have felt guilt or judgment or mm. uh, pressure or anything from you. It, your style is so uh, encouraging and uplifting and coming at things. Like it's just changed my perspective and my relationship with food so much because mm, I have – yeah, like lifelong, I guess, um, mm, issues yeah. with disordered eating and things like that. And it wasn't until I started working with you. And yes, I learned, I've learned so much in terms of the science of it about calories in, calories mm. out, that sort of practical stuff. But you've pulled me up so many times on mm. things like the, the way I speak to myself about my body, yeah. the neg- like sort of mm. negative things and, and given me practical ways to address that. And I just feel like because you've been through that, I it, it put, puts you in such a um, privileged position to be able to help other people and, yeah. and call it out, I think. Mm. Mm. And I think it's one of those things that we've spoken about this a little bit on the podcast, but you'd probably be hard pushed to find a woman or even a man for that yeah. matter around our age that isn't experiencing some kind of – I think everyone on some level – it's probably rare to have a totally healthy relationship with food yeah. and exercise because we did grow up in an era where it was like heroin chic and, yeah. you know, everything was so – you know, about food, diet, like it's been shoved in our faces no carbs. from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I just remember seeing a reel on Instagram. I think I shared it with you, Rach, maybe 12 months ago now. It was someone from um, – it was like a clip from Australia's Next Top Model, America's Next oh, Top Model from like yeah. 2005 or something like that. And he was saying that um, he was t- he was coaching a model and he was who sa- was like size 10 but was plus size, quote unquote. Mm. And he literally said that even skinny models have to suck in. Or something really problematic like that. And yeah. it's kind of like, I sent it to Rachel. I was like, no wonder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We all struggle because we were just absorbing all of this when we yeah. were so young and we just become conditioned over time to yeah. believe that to be true. And then we put so much weight and value on our appearance yeah. and on the number on, a, in the scale, on the scale. I think it's also a lot about, yeah, just like words matter. Mm. No matter like in what context and no matter who you're saying them to and when you're saying them to yourself like words matter Mm. and it's really really important and that's why yeah like every time that you know anybody will say Mm. something and even when I'm saying it you know sometimes you know I can be in that point where you know I'm thinking it I don't verbalize it out loud but if I'm thinking something um like, yeah, that, that comes from somewhere, right? Mm. And it's about how can we um, continue to, like, rewire our brains and, and be able to, I guess, just focus on the things that we are that, – that our bodies are doing for us rather than mm. focusing on consistently, like, what they look like. Because – but also acknowledging that people are wanting to change their bodies and, like, that is okay. Mm. It's about, though, when we're going through that journey, how are we talking mm. about those things? And then – for those that are, you know, coming up, like our children or, um, you know, our nieces, nephews, like how are we discussing body mm-hmm. bodies? How are we discussing food? Um, because I know myself, you know, when I grew up, everybody was like, you know, my family doing Weight Watchers. They were doing some type of diet. Mm-hmm. Somebody was talking about somebody that was like larger, mm. and um, you know, well, oh, you know, like oh, that's going to catch weight. up with you one day. Exactly. I remember, like, probably the most specific thing when I was a kid, when somebody said to me. Um, first of all they said I was doing gymnastics and they said oh I'm getting a bit too big for gymnastics now so I shouldn't do it anymore Um, Mm. so like that was a trigger for me and then I remember somebody saying 
um, you know, don't like when I was younger, don't ever lose that flat stomach because if you lose that flat stomach, you'll never get it back. Mm. And so ever since then, I have forever been worried or concerned about the fact that I don't have a like I don't have a flat stomach or whatever or just like working towards making sure that I have Mm. flat stomach and I tell you what when I had or have a flat stomach that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm happy and it doesn't necessarily Mm. mean that I'm healthy Mm. it's all about what are the things that Mm. I'm talking about what are the things that I am doing for my body that make me healthy not how I look yeah and I think that that is just so um yeah it just comes from what people are saying to us as we grow up because that's what we ingrain and that's what we fixate on. That yeah. stomach thing. I just and I've probably said it to you in my check-ins, but something <laughs> about if my if my stomach's feeling flat, like there is so it's linked to how I'm feeling about my body. I mm. don't know what it is, but if I'm feeling bloated, I just my mind mm. I catastrophize I'm like, oh my goodness, I've lost so much progress. I'm feeling really terrible. And it's like it can be the difference between having, you know, like I had Indian on um on Monday night and I was saying the whole next day I was feeling really awful and I'm like and this was one meal Mm. but I felt like oh my goodness I'm so off track I fall Mm. into those patterns that I know I'm always talking to you about Paige Mm -hmm. um but it's so strange often it can just be linked to my stomach I'm feeling good if my stomach's flat but if I'm at all bloated I'm just I I get into that negative self-talk pattern and I'm like it's just so interesting that those little things that are just like ingrained almost yeah but it's also like you know having a think back Mm. as to like when did having a flat stomach or somebody talking about your stomach or you Mm -hmm. talking about your stomach, when was that a trigger? Mm. Because like then being able to like visualize when that happened and being able to see that girl in the mirror when somebody was saying that and Mm. be able to just like look at them and be like, actually, no, you're okay. You don't need a flat stomach Mm. to be the best version of yourself and and you are so much more than a flat stomach yeah and as yeah. women actually like our stomach's protecting a lot of important stuff like exactly. our ovaries and things like that as well like there's yeah. so much like we're actually meant to have a little pooch there yeah. like yeah. it's protecting what's inside exactly. it's important yeah. like exactly but when did it become no it has to be this like washboard stomach yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. actually mm. one thing that um you said that has stuck with me and that I repeat to myself and I've said to other people is talking to yourself how you would talk to your best friend Mm. because I would never in you know a million years talk to Teague the way I talk to myself you Mm, know think about how much we lift you know our friends up and and when we look at them we we see Mm. how beautiful they are and how healthy and all these things but then I look at myself and I'm like well you know you could be trying harder there and you're not looking great there and I'll look at your thighs and look at your like and just that that's been a big one I think it's not also how we talk to ourselves but also how we receive feedback from other Mm. people because I I know that I'm very guilty so I'm like oh my god you look amazing you're like oh I feel you feel like you have to deflect and be like oh no I feel terrible or I've got this you have to point out all your Mm -hmm. flaws we can't just say oh thank you yeah, because you know? that's arrogant. Or yeah, that's, you know. <laughs> but it's even also like not commenting necessarily just on people's appearance, but comment like, "Oh, you look so happy," or "You look really yeah. like you're glowing," or something. Not like yeah, you know. I've stopped commenting like if you know if you notice someone's lost, unless I know they're actively trying and it's a goal yeah. for them. But if I notice someone's got lost weight, I don't mention it. Yeah, exactly. Because well, you don't know the yeah. reason why they've lost it. Like you know, when I've had people say that to me in the past, and I wasn't even trying, and it's like, did I? need to 
Is that yeah, why you're exactly. asking? You know, what did you think about me? Kind before? of thing. People just automatically think it's a compliment, but it's it's not. Well, like when I was like almost about to step on stage, and people being like, um, "Wow, you look amazing! You look amazing!" Mm. And like at the time, that's great. Mm. Um, and exactly, you know what I want to hear because I'm doing this to basically feed my ego, mm. right? Uh, but I don't. Now, if like if I was to see somebody at that point or um, even just coming out of that competition mm. being like, oh, people saying that I looked amazing then and now nobody's saying that I look mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. And so that like – but I know that I, you know, now in retrospect being like, well, I know that I look a lot better mm. than what I did then because I literally look like a skeleton. Mm. Um, yeah. But being like, you know – no it's one's saying that to me now. Nobody's <laughs> saying that to – well, that like, you know, now it's like, yeah, you look so happy and you look so healthy and mm. that's the kind of – that's how I also speak to other people. Like that's how I want to be viewed. I want to be viewed yeah. as healthy. I want to be viewed as like happy yeah. because that's what's important to me, not yeah. that I'm skinny or that I look good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. If we – um segue a little bit I guess into your experience with your coaching Mm. like what was it that how did you make the shift from uh your corporate job and into coaching like what was the catalyst I suppose for that I know you've touched on that a little bit Mm. but then thinking about now what you see who what you see with your clients like what are the sort of I guess most common things that you sort of find that people because I suppose a lot of your clients probably our age similar ages to us or a bit younger a bit older um but what are the sorts of struggles and things that you're seeing and, and helping people with so I guess in terms of my transition, so I started my new, like started supporting people with nutrition from yeah around 2017, and that was a lot to do with I was just like you know really interested in fitness and really interested mm. in nutrition. I just really enjoyed the um, what I was learning in terms of you know calorie counting and um, flexibility around food and macronutrients and stuff. And I just felt like I wanted to help people, mm. and so. I decided that I would just start helping some friends and then that kind of escalated because they saw really great progress and they were telling their friends and then I just continued to do it part-time um, mm. for like quite a long time. How um, much, sorry to interrupt, but how much time did you have to kind of allocate to that? Because I feel like putting together, you know, um, really specific meal plans, like it takes mm. a lot of time to calculate yeah. all of that. Like how much did you find you were having to set aside time and how did that balance with your day job? Yeah, so I was a workaholic mm. and I would probably say that I still am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I essentially uh, – well, and, you know, the industry fluctuates, right? Like mm. so when you're – when it's like coming into summer, it's really, really busy and then when it's coming into winter, you're a little bit quieter. Um, mm. So I just basically would get up earlier, mm. go to the gym, and then when I came home, i just work yeah. until I had to mm-hmm. and – a lot of the time I would be doing work on weekends. I'd get people to check in on weekends and things like that. And so that made things a lot easier in terms of balancing work and um, the extra jobs, which I'm sure, Rach, you're starting to learn as well, um, that basically, yeah, you just kind of like fit it in to when you can. And I would like to spread people out across the week so I don't have like two people checking in a day so that then I could do the meal plans like at night mm-hmm. um, or respond to check-ins at night and things like that. So that was um, – essentially how I was going and then I sort of got to a point 
I guess COVID hit and I was like, you know, st- really, really like enjoying the nutrition aspect and work was getting really, really busy. Uh, and I was sort of like starting to really struggle with managing Both. the increasing clients and the increase in my workload. And then I was after, and then during COVID, I continued to do heart like part-time and I was doing my um, certification I finished my certification really early in COVID because I just wanted to smash it out because I had a lot of questions from clients about you know I want a training program Mm -hmm. and then once I it got to the end of COVID and I just felt like I was burnt out with my regular work Mm -hmm. and I just really still enjoyed you know nutrition and I was kind of wanting to I was like you know what I'm moving – That's at that point I decided I'm moving overseas because um, I wanted to move overseas before COVID but then that obviously got pushed back. Mm. And so then when I moved – when I, when I was moving over, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to give it a go. Mm-hmm. What have I got to lose? I've got my PT cert. I've got my nutrition. I've got clients with nutrition. I'm going to just like go all in, see mm. how it goes, and I've got to fall back. It's so fine. I'd worked hard enough to save enough money. And then – I yeah so I moved over uh and that's I guess when I started um that career path Mm. and it was really 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 hard (laughs) Mm. not going to sugarcoat at all uh like I kind of had to pivot to go completely full-time with PT whilst I was in um the well whilst I'm in the UK because um nutrition isn't as demand like isn't in such demand um yeah and most of your nutrition clients still in australia still in australia yeah Yeah, pretty much all my nutrition clients are in australia yeah um but yeah so i then have been doing like just training and fitness over there doing a little bit of nutrition sport here and there for Mm -hmm. whoever needs it but yeah majority of my nutrition clients are still here Mm -hmm. which is great because then i have you know both both sides of the world i'm still working with Mm. um but then in terms of um what my client like what i see most regularly um with and the reason why I started my the way that I do nutrition is because I was obviously working in a corporate job and I was super busy Mm -hmm. um because I put so many things on my plate and I just found that I would create meal plans for myself and Mm. but I created meal plans that were super simple but also included and incorporated Mm. the the foods that I liked. And a lot of people, you know, when I spoke to them, they were like, oh, you know, I'm sick of the like cookie cutter kind of, you know, broccoli, uh, rice and chicken kind of meal plans. And I was like, well, I don't make that. Like I make really yum food. Yeah, I've always found like other meal plans I've followed, they're also um, sort of complicated and you have to buy so many different things. Exactly. Mm. Every meal is different. I'm like, I'm pretty happy just eating the same lunch every day. Just give me something that's basic that I can – prepare exactly (laughs) exactly and so I was just like well I know how to like you know create fun food Mm. and then make sure that it was kind of fitting in with what somebody needs Mm. um in terms of the goals or what they want to achieve Mm. and so that's how I essentially like created the way that I do um and I understand that like not everybody is an advocate for meal plans Mm -hmm. and there is a time and a place for them and but my coaching is obviously a little bit more than just providing a meal plan. Um, And so that's essentially the reason like why my clients, like the clients that I work with, they're all busy. They Mm. don't have enough time to use or don't desire to use my fitness pal. They're like, I just want you to do it for me. I'll do it if I need to, if I want to go out for dinner or or I want to adjust my day a little bit or I want to adjust my plan because I'm not, 
like I'm not feeling it today, mm. but they're just wanting something that's super easy. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, this is my market. I'm just going to go down that road. Um, I'm working with a lot of nurses. I'm working with a lot of paramedics. I'm working with tradies. I'm working with office workers that just don't have enough time. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be my niche. And so that's essentially the path that I went down. And they're kind of the things that are the reason why I created my coaching specifically around it. Cause busy people that don't have time but mm. like good food mm. yeah. and uh yeah that's essentially and mm. you also um well you probably have a lot of some clients that are cool just to follow the meal plan um i've found like i have learned like wealth of of yeah. info around understanding what i'm eating mm. what is in it in terms of calories but also fats proteins mm. um fiber and carbs um you know your macros and things and you've equipped me with that knowledge so that when I do go out for a meal Mm, one you've taught me that I can actually go out and just enjoy a meal and order what I want to order which for Mm. many many years I would not do I'd be like well I'm gonna order the salad and I will never order the thing I want or you try and order what's already on your meal plan yep Mm. which is like why would would you do that exactly (laughs) why would you pay for that (laughs) yeah but like there's that that's so you know that like I was saying before about balance You've taught me that, but you've also given me the skills that if I am trying to, you know, um, really stay on track um, with the plan, I know what I can eat and what I can order and what I can swap out mm-hmm. um, in order to still, you know, be in line with my goals. And yeah. I feel like, yeah, rather than just throwing a meal plan at people, you actually equip them with the knowledge, which I think is so useful because yeah. I think there is a lack of understanding out there around, yeah. um, you know, so many people will say things like, oh, well, that's, that, that's, a, that's a fattening food mm-hmm. or um, – you know, I can't, again, I can't mm. eat carbs or, you know, mm-hmm. and I've learned that actually we need carbs. That is how, you yeah. know, that yeah. is what our body's life source, all yeah. these things. I can definitely resonate with that because I remember when I started working with you, Paige, I was a chronic breakfast. Skipper. Yeah, my God. I was really bad. That I was huge, never, st- hugely stressful for me. I never, <laughs> I never ate breakfast. And, um, started with you overnight. I would always have coffee. <laughs> And then I would have yeah, like, I would like have like a smoothie. An adrenal nightmare. For yeah. <laughs> and then I would get to like, often I'd be really unprepared for lunch, especially if I was going to the city and I'd end up buy something or I wouldn't eat until like 2.30, 3 o'clock when I was all of a sudden like ravenous. Yeah. And then, or I'd try and do like the intermittent fasting, yeah. like I'll eat in the afternoon, but then I would just find I'd get so hungry and then you just reach for Everything whatever. <laughs> yeah. And it would just, it was totally all over the place and my like periods were really irregular and everything. And I remember, yeah. Like you get the afternoon, like huge afternoon slump. Yes, yep. all the time, um, and just yeah, I guess just really wasn't feeling my body like adequately, yeah. and just yeah, didn't have that concept. And I think yeah, through working with you, I've definitely gotten to a much much better place. And now, like yeah. even on the weekend, I was working over the weekend um, for an event, and I remember the on the Sunday morning, the hotel that I was staying at didn't have because I'm celiac, didn't have any gluten free options, so I couldn't have breakfast and then because I was there so early none of the cafes and things were open and the ones that were didn't have anything gluten-free and I remember like it was like maybe 7 30 or 8 o'clock in the morning I was like I am so hungry like I can't really go without breakfast these days even though it was amazing yeah Yeah. and it makes I feel like so much better and I think that that sorry um like a lot of my clients that initially come to me it's that yeah their periods aren't overly regular they um having like kind of digestive issues like they're not oh, passing yes, stools very regularly um, <laughs> just bloating constant terrible but, like awful. constantly feeling bloated constantly feeling feeling like they have low energy all that kind of stuff and then um i get them to do like the food diary and then essentially trying to regulate their intake 
um, especially uh, like majority or predominantly my clients are female. And so just even encouraging them to have breakfast or encouraging them to eat before they have a coffee or encouraging them to, um, you know, have like a snack, say, in the morning and a snack in the afternoon. Those types of things have like had a profound impact just in terms of how they have been able to see improved digestion and um, go to the bathroom a lot more regularly and, yeah, start to, you know, focus on regulating their cycles just because their body isn't in such a stress state. Yeah, and yeah. I just remember um, that was one of the biggest things that you found, Teague, and you were like, my like my period's so much more regular, I'm not having these crazy energy slumps, mm. I'm just feeling so much better. Yeah. Um, I yeah. literally remember telling someone, I think, like six weeks or seven weeks after actually – doing it properly and eating properly. Um, and not that I ever – I didn't really consciously restrict. I think I was just really not bad organised and not planned. Yeah. And I think COVID was a really bad period yeah. for making that worse because we reached for a lot of takeaway and just easy things and it was just kind of a whole thing. Um, but I, th- I remember probably getting like, yeah, six or seven weeks into it and I was just feeling so much better. I was just at a show and I was like, I feel like it's like changed my whole life in mm. a way. Yeah. And it's just – I think we – you know, it, it sounds – I think everyone knows at fundamental level f- food is fuel yeah. and for your body, but I think we then – we totally underestimate just how, like, much of an impact it has on your life, on your sleep, on your energy, on everything because we just get told that less is best. Uh, yeah. yeah, and also, like, again, just having the accountability of somebody to kind of support mm. you, help you through it. doesn't have to be forever, mm-hmm. but it just allows you to, I guess, be able to – talk through things Mm. with somebody that's external like you can talk to your friends about it you can but once you have somebody and sometimes just making that investment you're making Mm. an investment in yourself Mm -hmm. and so then they're supporting you and they're Mm. you can like contact them like you know you guys know like Mm. whenever you need to talk to me i'm there the amount of times i've texted you from the supermarket like they're out of this do i get this to swap (laughs) exactly and and it's like you know, I'm here to like I'm I'm here to like help you through it so that then yeah. you don't have to feel like you're alone. Yeah. Because like sometimes, you know, you're you're going to be like, oh like I'm really annoyed at myself or you mm. overeat and you feel angry with yourself or mm. you beat yourself up about it. Mm. And it's like you reach out so that you have somebody that you can talk to about it that is a neutral like that is in your corner mm-hmm. but is a neutral person that's not somebody that, you know, you spend every day with that you can get annoyed at. Yeah. Um and that it's like okay, I've I've let it out. Yeah, I can now move forward. And I feel like as well with coaching, it's one of those things. Like I know, Rach, you've done it for like a big block of time. I think I did it for sort of like twelve months and sort of got to mm. a point where I felt like I was kind of maintaining and had some you know other goals that I felt like I'd reached. And it was yeah. like kind of gone through this period now of like being on my own kind mm. of thing, which I think has been like largely pretty successful. You've been um, doing the same the habits. Yeah, that you've yeah, the same and because it's like That's you learn, thing, yeah. and I guess now it's like. I probably will talk to you about restarting up probably in the new year, but um, it's kind of been good to just kind of do that for a good sense of time and just really learn. And then you kind of go, okay, well now I feel like I've got the tools that I need to sort of continue this. But that's like, that's the beauty. That's the beauty of it. Right. Mm. Of, you know, these are like healthy habits that should last you for life. And these are like, it's education and information that should Mm. last you um, for the rest of time. Like, you know, you hopefully when you're like 50 years old when you build a meal you're going to focus on what's your protein what's your fat and what's your carbohydrates Mm. and where's your fiber Mm. like that that is when you're doing that not from a place of restriction or you're doing it because you know that that's what's going to fuel you yeah and it's not coming from a place of being you know focusing on fat loss it's just focusing on okay well I know that this is what's going to make me 
like you know be the best that I can be at yeah. that point in time and and so I think that yeah they're but then, you know, there's obviously times in which you want to move back into coaching because, mm. you know, you have a goal or you need just a little bit of extra support or the accountability or whatever. Mm. But, yeah, like those those like small things that you learn along the way, they'll, oh, they should carry so, you. Yeah. And because you don't really learn it. We don't no, really yeah, learn not taught it, it no. in schools. And I get so stressed. Like I see so many friends that are probably at a point where I have been a couple of years ago before I worked with you. And I just like I just want everyone to work with Paige, work with a nutrition <laughs> coach. So I'm like the things you learn, and um, it's so empowering mm. and it's absolutely life changing because you know, mm. being someone that's you know I tried the Ducan diet, I did the quit sugar, I just tried to starve oh, myself. Haven't we I done did, them all? Oh, yeah. haven't everything. we done them all? <laughs> that's it. Juice cleanses. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it wasn't until like working with you and learning about food and um and learning that it is okay and that we need food. Mm. And we need carbs, we need protein. Like uh, knowledge is power, isn't it? Like as soon when you so once you understand powerful. this and eating the foods that you like, I don't have to. There's nothing that is off limits. Each mm. week when I check in, I can say to you, "Okay, I really feel like this this week," yeah. and you will mm. fit that into the plan within yep. reason. I mean, I'm not going to have ice cream for breakfast, but no, you but know, you do ask for some weird stuff. Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> but we always make it work. <laughs> we always do other weird requests. Um, but like learning that, okay, you can achieve your goals while still eating the food yeah. you want to eat. And mm-hmm. it's just, yeah, I just highly recommend it. Yeah, <laughs> Thank definitely. You. So what's your, um, like, what's your biggest tip for if someone's out there thinking about, like, wanting to start coaching or wanting to sort of change their, you know, they're unhappy with it might be their body or they've got fitness goals or they feel like they're just not in a good place with their diet. Like, what do you, like, recommend? So I would, like, firstly, I'd be recommending them to sort of write down what they're currently doing. Mm. So write down a food diary. What are you currently eating? Actually spend the time for a week and actually look at what you're eating. Mm. Don't change anything. It's pretty confronting sometimes. It is very – I found <laughs> yeah. it very confronting yeah. when yeah. I did it. Yeah. And I felt really, like, awkward sending it to you. Like, oh, is she going to judge me? Like, this is before we'd mm. worked together. Yeah, and oh, my then, God, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even though in the email it says – I. Add in your chocolate, add in your yes. ice cream. I do not judge. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so definitely do a food diary and see in that track what your digestion's doing, mm. what, how much water are you consuming, what is your sleep like, and do that for a week. And then also sit down and have a think about like what your goals are. Like mm. what are you actually wanting to achieve in the sense of uh, not – um, I want to look good in a dress. It's mm. I want to like. How do you actually? How do you? What's your why? So mm. like, this is what I try and and uh, when we get into the new years, what I'm going to be encouraging all my clients to do is redo your goals. So what is your goal? You want to like make sure that it's a smart goal. So we all know what a smart goal is. Mm. And then with that, it's also um, okay. Why do you want to achieve this goal? Like, what are you actually going to be, like, achieving from this goal? And how do you want to feel? Mm-hmm. So why and feel are super different when it comes to goals. Mm-hmm. And so just making sure that we are focusing on making sure that it's timely. So mm-hmm. you want to lose five kilos in 12 weeks. And uh, why? I want to do this because I want to be empowered and I want to sh- be a good role model to my children and how I want to feel. I want to feel empowered. I want to feel confident. I want to feel healthy. Yeah. And so then focusing on those things mm. and then understanding what your time restrictions are. Do you have any milestones or anything like that? Then it's an action plan. What mm-hmm. are you going to implement? What are you doing now? 
that you haven't been doing? Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, what are you doing now? So, okay, you have been doing 10,000 steps. You've been having two litres of water. But what are the things that you're not necessarily doing at the moment? Okay, you're not eating regularly. Mm. You're not having your five and five vegetables and two fruits. Okay, you're not having enough protein in terms of all your meals. So they're the things that you can start off with. Mm. Um, and then, you know, if you have the ability or uh, to invest in coaching, having mm. somebody to support you along mm. the way will make mm. it so much quicker, but you can still do it by yourself. Yeah. It's just being a lot more dedicated and making sure that you're being accountable to yourself or accountable to a partner that you may have. Mm. We actually had um, some questions from listeners. Do you mind if we hit oh, those? We love <laughs> listener questions. So I've got them here on um, from Instagram. Um, the first one is, what is the most common, quote unquote, mistake that you see clients making yeah. when it comes to health and fitness? Yeah, the idea of... Um the idea of mistakes is uh, really interesting to me because I don't ever see things as like a mistake. It's mm. more just um, things that you could improve upon. Um, <laughs> what, is, what is the most common thing people need to improve upon? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, it's more just not like feeling feeling your like filling your plate with what you think is like quote unquote like macro friendly food like if we're going to go down like the new I can go down a nutrition route and then I can go down a fitness route I'll try and be quick with both nutrition wise it's just trying to okay um, I need to hit my calories and like yes calories you know calories are important Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day it's also about how you're feeling those calories and making sure that you're having Mm -hmm. enough like macro and micronutrients as well so like actually building plates like you don't like you know calories are are ultimately going to help but you can also do it in an intuitive approach and you don't have to count calories Mm -hmm. and by doing that is just okay you've got three main meals in those main meals what is your protein fats carbs and fiber source how does that look on your plate and making sure that you are rectifying that Mm. um, across you know each day Mm. so that then your food is healthy food Mm. then from a nutrition from a fitness perspective from a mistake is um, just running around and kind of like not really having a plan as to like what you're going to do in the gym or outside of the gym, right? Like mm-hmm. if you are deciding that you want to go and do group, group classes, okay, well, when are you doing the group classes? What is the program? Like, you know, when are you fitting them into your week and how often are you doing them? And mm-hmm. and are you doing strength? Like is there strength classes as part of that, right? Mm-hmm. So you're going to do it four times a week, maybe two of them be strength, two of them be cardio yeah. um, or three strength one cardio if you're creating a training uh, if you're going into the gym by yourself like actually have a training program Mm. you know just don't try and go in there and just like lift whatever is in there and just do like you know biceps and triceps for Mm. like you know what like you're not really doing anything try and go in there get get a six-week program where you're trying to progressively overload each week on like similar exercises so that then you can build strength and, mm. um, and you know, build muscle to support your goals. Mm. On calories, we had a question around uh, calories, whether like calories are king. So is reducing calories the only way to lose weight or can exercise counteract a bad diet? Um, so calories is not like the – so – Calories isn't the only way that you can like reducing calories isn't the only way you can increase cardio, um, and sometimes you know you guys will know I'll increase step count mm-hmm. that overall daily activity that overall, daily energy output mm-hmm. exactly that can help, uh, but exercise like can't undo a bad diet like mm. uh, you know 
they, you know, you, they talk about you have a Snickers bar and that's however many calories. And so then if you run for X amount of time, like, yes, I guess that kind of makes sense. But that's such a distorted view on mm. how to treat food and exercise. Uh, I would just be, um, I'd be suggesting that more so reducing down your calories is a better idea if your goal is fat loss but it's also remembering okay where's your headspace at is this going to then trigger you to start binge eating or you know Mm. like you know I have some clients where um they're like okay I had an overeating episode what should I do and I just ultimately say to them today is a new day I want you to go for a walk I want you to have at least two liters of water and I just want you to have your usual meals or just focus on you know your vegetables and some protein for today for all of your meals and I just want you to not reduce down what you're eating Mm. I don't want you to focus on calories if you think that that's going to be a trigger today Um, I want you to just focus on what makes you feel good and so that then instead of trying to like reduce down mm. because you've overeaten on one day it's just going to create a cycle yeah it's, it's such just a reflex reaction like oh i had a big i had a big weekend so i need to like i i don't deserve to eat today because i ate too yeah. much yesterday yeah and it's like it's such a problematic uh, yeah. it's a really it's a real slippery slope because then really you get feeds. really hungry you probably have an overeating episode again yeah. and then you mm-hmm. find yourself and then Repeats. before you know it yeah. it's a it feeds that strict, it feeds that cycle and, yeah. and so i'm like i'm not an advocate for doing that because i just don't want people like there's no need. And also one, right? one bad day isn't going to. No, they say that ruin. what like, you know, one bad, like one day isn't going to make you fat, just like one day isn't going to make you skinny. Mm. You know, it's overall, it's just about, you know, how can, you, you've got to focus on your mind. It's mm. not, it's not about how you look in those instances. We've yeah. got, you know, more things to more things to focus on and that consistency too and I think something you said to me once which really resonated was um around how every single one percent adds up Mm. so every little good decision that you make throughout the day throughout the week they compound so as much as you're like okay I've um all I did today was you know a 10 minute walk but I made myself do it there's a tick there's a one percent yeah and every time you can build on that each day Mm. and it's I think celebrating those those little wins as well yeah, um, and shifting that mindset into oh well I don't have time to do all the things I want to do so I'm not going to do anything no do the do the one percenters yeah and build on it yeah. well it's that negative like our brains are wired mm. to go negative like that yeah. is just unfortunately how our brains are wired mm-hmm. and so if we can focus on going like flipping it to be a positive mm-hmm. yeah that's always going to be more helpful it's also that all or nothing mindset too which mm. i really struggle with oh yeah me too yeah when yeah. i've done stuff in the past it's like all right it's a six-week program I'm going all in and i can yeah. be super hardcore and i will not even bend for anything i won't have birthday yeah. cake I won't, you know even if there's an event on yeah. and that's how i used to approach it and I, I had to relearn that and that's something you've taught me around um you know th- it's about the majority of the time it's about yeah. your habits it's about consistency most of the time and then you can have those moments where you indulge or you have that lovely meal out and that birthday cake or whatever and okay that's not the end of the world I haven't undone my progress exactly well because at the end of the day if you want to get to a point where you're not constantly and you want to find that intuitive model if you're constantly trying to avoid things then it's like you're never you're always going to be on that journey you're never going to find a, a place where you can just enjoy it eat mostly what you eat when you're eating at home and then go out and not feel bad if you have a couple of glasses of wine and an mm. indulgent yeah. meal exactly yeah, yeah. and because so much of our social interaction and just like those joyful moments in life revolve around food yeah exactly so we have to find ways to remove that being a stress 
Exactly. Otherwise, it's just going to really – it'd be really limiting. Yeah, and well, is that really a life that you want to live where mm. you don't go out and you don't enjoy food with family and friends and yeah. those social situations? Like I know I've missed out on so many social mm. situations, holidays, because I've been worried about how I look or um, what calories are in certain things. And it's mm. like at the end of the day, like, you know – I was like reading a quote and it was like, you know, don't run through life, walk through life mm. and actually enjoy those small moments mm, yeah. because, you know, yeah, it's the one percenters that add up yeah. and it's the one percenters that take away. Yeah. And so it's just about, you know, what did you do today that aligns with mm. what your goals are? Like, yeah. what did you, what did you do? Let's celebrate those. We don't need to focus and dwell on the ones that we didn't and know that tomorrow if you have a big goal, mm. just focus on being a little bit better tomorrow. Yeah. Mm. On on calories, one more thing though, to strip it back um, sort of to the science of it, if someone is out there is actually really wanting to lose mm. a bit of weight, when it comes down to like the science of calories in, calories out, mm. do you have a take on that in terms of, I know some people are like, it's just, it's black and white, calories in, calories out, it's the only way you can lose gain. Um and the only reason something like uh, intermittent fasting or keto or any of those things work is, is because it you reduces, create a calorie yeah. deficit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess just just to put your nutrition cap on just yeah. for a second, <laughs> the science of calories in, calories out, what would yeah. be your elevator pitch? Elevator pitch. <laughs> well, ele- uh, elevator pitch. <laughs> um, calories in, calories out is the, is the way that you're going to create a calorie deficit. Mm. Um, yeah, you can't out-train a bad diet. And so if you are wanting to lose fat or if you are wanting to gain weight, you're going to need to actively manage or, um, mm. you know, shift the focus from a calorie perspective. Uh, but, yeah, no matter how you do it, no matter how you do it, whether you do it keto or whatever, it's just focusing on, okay, reducing down the amount of food that you're consuming mm. if you're wanting to lose fat and increasing the amount of food that you're wanting to – that you typically would eat if you're wanting mm. to gain but I guess it's about what you're making those calories up of because yeah. you could eat like 1,800 calories of donuts and probably feel ravenously hungry oh, by yeah. it also 12 p.m. <laughs> or eat 1,800 calories yeah. of rice and whole foods and feel yeah. really satiated yeah. and full and energised. So and also like focusing on like protein yeah. as well. So I, whenever mm. I'm working with a client, I'm it's mostly – calories like calories and protein because mm-hmm. protein is what's going to help you like build and maintain muscle and, and feel also full. feel full and also support your metabolism as well yeah um our next question is around what is the biggest myth that grinds your gears in when it comes to fitness and the industry in general i when it, so if we just focus on fitness like i was you know kind of reflecting on how I'd respond to this question and it was around cardio Mm. and how a lot of people, um, especially when I was sort of getting into the scene was around like, you know, don't do cardio. Cardio is like horrible. And Mm. if you want to change your body, um, you've got to do resistance training. And so like such a focus on strength and resistance Mm. training. And it is true. Like resistance training is obviously going to, um, help you to build muscle and Mm. allow you to, um, you know, support your metabolism things. But there's also something to be said about the mental, um, benefits that cardio can provide Don't and cancel cardio <laughs> do not cancel cardio cardio is not cardio but it's about finding a way that you like to do it right yeah. like mm-hmm. and it's so important for our cardiovascular health like we're focusing on 
building strong bones and strong muscles mm. to support us not having osteoporosis. But at the same time, like we also have a heart and we also mm-hmm. have lungs and we need to make sure that we're training them too. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, doing some form of cardio is going to be helpful for that as well. Yep. So I think that my, yeah, that's that probably your- my biggest pet peeve is, and, yeah. and I am going to say like, I was somebody that was going down the rabbit hole of like, nah, I don't do cardio because I don't like cardio mm-hmm. and I'm not a good runner. And now, you know, I run. You, so, ran, yeah, a and you ran a marathon. Uh, not, a, not a marathon. It was definitely not a marathon. Half marathon. Two half marathons, Two right? Half so you marathon. did a marathon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Girl Just over a couple. Uh, you're going to upset all the people that have done marathons. And also the fact that I, I, again, have not done a marathon. I have only done a half marathon. Sorry, but it's not only. That's I've only ever done like, like a five I'm so proud of myself. I've only ever done like a five kilometer fun run. So you're yeah. definitely beating me. I'm very proud of the fact that I've done a half yeah. marathon. But whenever That's anybody amazing. says a marathon, I'm like, guys, mm. please. That feels like a lot. Please. That's a lot. That's uh, a lot. We have uh, we have one question from a fan of yours. <laughs> said, How do you find enough hours in the day to just constantly slay? <laughs> I love this. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, yeah. Well. Also, let's just remember that Instagram is a highlight reel. Mm. <laughs> um, so it's definitely. I'm not slaying every day, but I'm just di- like I'm just disciplined. Mm. I'm just dedicated to what I want for my life and that is just to be a healthy and happy human. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to like, you know, eat good food. I want to travel. I want to um, move my body. Mm. And so I just get up every morning with that intention of just mm-hmm. what am I doing today to be a happy and healthy human? And I just try and live that way each day. Yeah. Do you ever have days where you just can't? Like that's just everything feels really you know, difficult and you might be run down and tired. Do you ever have days where you just want to stay in bed? Oh my God. Uh, Like uh, I would be a robot if I did not. Um, But I like, maybe I am a robot (laughs) sometimes (laughs) when I do feel like that. I just, I still get up and Mm. I go for a walk because I know that it's going to clear my head. Um, And, you know, living over the other side of the world as well, I get up, I go for a walk and call somebody from home. And Mm -hmm. typically that will help me to, you know, when I'm feeling crap and like if I go for a walk and then I still feel crap I'm gonna go back to bed and I'm gonna lie in bed and just watch tv for a little bit but I really try and get out and move Mm. my body because I know that that's gonna put me in a better mental headspace um but yeah like yeah there's been days where I've definitely not been slaying that's for sure <laughs> but we also need, all need those days we yeah. all need those days yeah They're and it's probably your body just telling you like you need to rest yeah exactly yeah. absolutely definitely well i think our last question um and it might be probably might have a quite a, a little bit of a lengthy answer but it's talking about like diet culture mm-hmm. and that the fact that it's so entrenched and obviously the interplay that then has on our body image and our self-worth and all of those things it can run really really deep but what are your sort of tips around how we can break through diet culture, how we can sort of push it aside and stop it affecting us as much. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's such a big question, isn't it? Yeah. I so I was like, we'll leave it for last. Yeah, <laughs> no, I love it. And I'm definitely keen on like hearing from you guys as well mm. about it. But for me, I think it starts with what I was sort of saying before in terms of how we're talking to people mm. and how like how our words matter. And how our words matter around what we're consuming, um, you know, what we look like, what we say other people are looking like, and essentially just our outlook on life. And 
like I was sort of saying before in terms of our brains consistently going to the negative mm. and how we're flipping it to be more of a positive approach. So, you know, when we have our little ones around and we're talking about food, it's about how we're talking about food in terms of it being healthy for us um, instead of being like that's a bad food and that's a good food. It's yeah. about how is that fueling us. Mm. And then the same when it comes to exercise, like encouraging your children to exercise with you or, you know, going for a walk with them or exercising in front of them Mm. you know a lot of my clients are pre and postnatal and so a lot of my clients will have their children with them and so it's I have one client um when she's doing squats her kid will be doing squats at the same time (laughs) oh my god the cutest child ever uh and uh yeah it's like you're you're already starting to show them what how important that is to you and how that will be important to them and I think that the more that we can you know talk about that the more that we can talk and and move less so away from you know oh I need to lose weight for this wedding or those types of things it's about I need to um you know I just want to feel I want to feel and look my best and Mm. I and and it's about how you're it's just the language that you're using and how you're approaching your friends in terms of you know like we were saying you know you look like you've lost weight it's you're looking really happy and healthy at the moment Mm. and I'm really proud of you yeah instead of you know you've clearly lost weight and or um you know yeah sometimes I know that that there's some people are like oh they look like behind their back they're looking a little bit big at the moment how are you then pulling how are you then pulling that person up so when somebody says to me they're looking a bit big at the moment I'll be like yeah but you don't know what's going on for them at the moment Mm. and like maybe they're trying and maybe something's going on. Yeah. But also if they are looking a little bit big, why is that a bad thing? Exactly. Because you don't know what their goal might have been. Because also the way just by looking at someone and the natural yeah. size, like everyone sort of has that sort of like natural set point weight of where their body likes to be. And for some yeah. people that might be higher, for some people it might be lower, yeah. but doesn't inherently mean big. bigger doesn't inherently mean unhealthy. Yeah, And exactly. skinny doesn't inherently mean healthy. Where exactly. We, pay, we place this kind of view, um, what do you call it, like sort of arbitrary value on what a person looks like when yeah. it doesn't actually really give you much of an indication and on oh, ourselves absolutely. as well like mm. you know i've you know when we've been going through the reverse diet and actively upping our ca- my calories um each week just that whole like undoing or trying to relearn um that less does not uh, sorry more is not bad you know no. it's yeah. like this whole it has to be less it has to be smaller i have to be skinnier i have to mm. be lighter i have to eat less it's like the opposite of that and trying to relearn that um you know working towards a goal of trying to build muscle and you know there's and or physical um you know exercise goals or things like that mm. it's it's such a you know we, we face it on ourselves as well yeah. I'm, I'm a bit bigger i weigh a bit more this is automatically a bad thing yeah, well, yeah. I don't weigh – I haven't weighed myself in years and years yeah. and years because I used to, to find it – like, I have scales. a vivid memory. It's, like, so problematic. And I remember telling my mum and she was, like, so horrified. But I have a vivid memory of, like, being in probably, like, year 10 or 11, getting on the scale when I, on, like, a Saturday morning, seeing the number, being horrified, and then, like, going for a run around the block and then coming back and standing on the scale and being mm. like, oh, thank God the number went down. Yeah. And it's, like, that's just so terrible. And I wouldn't mm. even say that I've had, like – to the point I've never I would never say to the point I've had like uh eating disorder definitely have had like disordered thoughts and maybe some habits around food but I wouldn't put that category but you kind of go like wow it's just such a but what does it even mean like it means nothing so I just have a like we don't even own a scale yeah I don't have one in the house you've encouraged me to break up with the scale and I think it's probably the last six months because normally in my check-ins I would weigh and um you know send you the weight page but I just found my 
um, value was linked to it. Yeah. And if it had not gone down, my whole mood for that day, I'd beat myself up. And then I'm like, this is a bit ridiculous because even if my measurements had gone down or I'd done progress photos and I, clothing was fitting better, if that scale number was up, I was not happy. And I'm yeah. like, this is stupid. This is yeah. a number that has affected me for years and years and years. Mm. I have like an absolute phobia, like um, just fear of being weighed in front of yeah. anyone or anyone knowing what I, I think weigh. It come, for me, it comes from being weighed at school. Yeah. I remember in pain, like he's seven and eight being weighed at school, yeah. which is horrifying. And yeah. like everyone in there, like in year seven, you have some people who are like, you know, more into puberty and so bigger. Yeah. And so it's just such a, it, yeah. So I, I feel like that's where it comes yeah. from for me. It's that and also like, you know, be like BMI, mm. right? And oh. how arbitrary that is. Mm. Like I remember being about to step on stage and my BMI still being in the healthy range. Mm. And I'm like, I know I'm not healthy right mm. now. Yeah. Like I'm te- like uh, over 10 kilos lighter than I am now. Mm. And 10 kilos heavier still puts me so like there's a 20 kilo range of my bmi Mm. to be in the healthy range i tell you what that's 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 very that's a very big difference Mm. um so i think like yeah in terms of like coming back to the whole diet culture thing it's also about you know i really love the fact that there's this like body positivity movement um but i'm also a strong advocate like not necessarily for that mine's more about like body neutrality Mm. and around like accepting that your body is looking how it is right now Mm. and that you can want to change it but you also cannot want to change it yeah but you just need to be comfortable with where you're at right now because your body is forever going to change yeah you're you may have you know you may have a baby in in a year and your body's going to change again and then you know you're going to focus on another goal and your body's going to change again and so you just need to enjoy Mm. those stages Mm. and be able to thank your body for what it's doing for you and acknowledge that you can then work towards yeah what your body is going to what you want your body to be at the end of the day it's like our home we have to live in it for our whole lives enable us to do so much do we want to hate our home for our whole life it's just like i've hated my body for long enough i don't need to do that anymore i like love it now for like what it's doing for me and yeah Yeah. like i will continue to want to change it and and i will Mm. but i'm just you know i'm sick of uh, uh, yeah I'm, i'm just sick of being like annoyed at it and looking at it with yeah. disgust and just being like, you know what? Yep. You're looking like that today. Sweet. I'm yeah. just going to wet, maybe cover up a little bit more today. Cause I'm not yeah. feeling as comfortable, but I'm not going to hate on it because yeah. there's, I'm not achieving anything by yeah. that. I'm like, I'm just going to ruin my day. And it's like, so. you're going to have those days whether your body's smaller or bigger because exactly. it's not actually about your body. It's about your mind. Exactly. Oh, so true. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> One day apart, you can have yeah. like vastly different yeah. feelings yeah. about your body. Exactly. exactly. And yeah. Just like, if you're feeling a little bit uncomfy, wear some bigger clothes and if you're feeling really good, wear a little bit less and just, yeah, recognise that you can do that on a day-to-day basis, completely neutral. And I also think for me a big thing has been around like looking at the influences in my life and I think particularly on social media, like if there's people that post all the time and I see their posts and – you know, they're much smaller than me or much fitter than me and it makes me feel bad. I just unfollow yeah, or I hide them. So just so that way you're just only presenting yourself with things that sort of help you to feel more positive about Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm really conscious of that. Like I see a lot of people posting like, you know, say if they have clients that are doing bodybuilding stuff, I'm like that's – if I was following that person and I wasn't in the headspace that I'm in, that would be a major trigger for me. Mm. So I always try and like if I am posting up me or like my my body, it's about I've done this workout – 
like and it's focusing on like the strength component or the cardio component of mm. the workout i'm not just posting it to be like look at how i look today yeah i'm doing it because i'm like i tried this workout like you know i yeah. did this pb whatever it is i'd really try and focus on that as much as i can yeah I think we have to probably wrap it there. We could go on and on and on forever. Yeah, we could definitely <laughs> talk to ages and ages. Even with this voice. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, we should have. We did not uh, sort of. Do a disclaimer. Yeah. I don't yeah. typically sound like this. I'm not usually this husky. <laughs> <laughs> Plane bugs from the flight over. Yeah, Obviously know. flew in just to be here with us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, we do want to do a little plug for um, Paige's socials. So she's at Paige UK Health on Insta and Facebook. So look, look her up and give her a follow. Some really uh, fantastic educational um, content and uplifting content. We'll also link her in the show notes as, as well. We will. And don't forget, also you can jump onto our um, our social media as well at frontfarmers.podcast and give us a follow. Yeah, and well, thank you so much, Paige. I'm sure we'll have you on in future episodes. Even when you're back in the UK, we're all set up to do virtual recordings. That will be exciting. I'm happy to come back on whenever you guys want. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you everyone for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next one. Bye. The Brunch Files would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the lands on which we live, meet, work, and play, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging, and of course, any First Nations peoples who may be listening today. This podcast is all about the adventures, stories and laughs of being a woman in her 30s. While we strive to entertain and share relatable experiences, please remember that our content is purely for fun and shouldn't be taken too seriously, and it's definitely not professional advice. Life is a wild ride and everyone's journey is unique. We believe that laughter is the best policy and we're just here to spread some joy.